We have some breaking news regarding the alliance between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. It's an alliance that was announced back in November of 2020. And today, major steps bring the two tours closer and it has been announced. We bring you all of the news and reactions right now on Golf Today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Welcome back to Golf Today. I am Matt Adams alongside of Eamon Lynch. Let's get right into it, Eamon. The PGA Tour DP World Tour Alliance has been announced today, and it has gotten deeper. A new 13-year operational joint venture partnership was announced today. The PGA Tour increases existing stake in the European Tour productions from 15% to 40%. The DP World Tour guarantees growth in annual prize funds to members for the next five years. Sunshine Tour and the PGA Tour of Australasia now enjoy a formal pathway to the DP World Tour. And then starting in 2023, the top 10 players at the end of the season, the DP World Tour rankings, in addition to those already exempt, will earn cards to the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan had this to say. It was clear from the onset that our strategic partnership with the European Tour Group was a powerful agreement for both sides. And we are thrilled with today's announcement of this expanded partnership. We will continue to collaborate on a global schedule in key commercial areas as we draw our organizations and memberships even closer together while innovating to provide the most entertaining and compelling golf possible to fans around the world. Keith Pelly had this to say, building on the success of the existing strategic alliance between ourselves and the PGA Tour, this move will significantly enhance the meritocratic ecosystem that has successfully served the professional game on both sides of the Atlantic for more than 50 years. It's a natural extension and progression of what we have been doing over the past few years, and I passionately believe that this move is the right thing for our players, our tour, our fans, and the game of golf in general. Our two tours have undoubtedly drawn closer over the past few years, and today's announcement strengthens both tours for the betterment of both memberships. Close quote. All right, Eamon Lynch, my first question to you is, why this, why here, why now? I think it's particularly because of the era we're living in, Matt. I mean, alliances are designed to do one of two things, sometimes both, which is to progress towards a common goal or to protect against a common enemy. And in this case, I think it's both. And it, it really acknowledges this deal, uh, what's probably an uncomfortable reality for both partners to it, in that the DP World Tour does need a, a health boost in terms of its long-term economic future and that the PGA Tour needs a stable elite tier in golf that is not susceptible to being showered with money by Live Golf and the Saudis. And this is a deal that allows both tours to find, for, on behalf of their members, common commercial ground where they can actually 
master their own business and not essentially be employees of the Crown Prince? I think it's interesting too that in the, this release and in the statements that were made from the respective chief executives of their tours, they specifically mentioned the Sunshine Tour and they mentioned the PGA Tour of Australasia. So while this is a deepening of the alliance of uh, business-wise and otherwise of the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, this is actually bringing together at least in pathways four different major tours around the globe. Which has the benefit of offering players in far-flung corners of the world a direct pathway to the top of the PGA Tour. But there's also a, another subtle angle in that, Matt, and it's, it will probably be passed over uh, given all of the other news in this uh, details today. But that alliance with the Sunshine Tour and the Australasian Tour is significant because those are also two bodies who are part of the official World Golf Rankings. Having a formal alliance with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour is probably not going to make those tours particularly well disposed to any future application by Live Golf for official World Golf Ranking points as well. So it's building a broader alliance by offering a lot of players essentially what they want, which is show me a pathway to get to the most lucrative competitive tour in golf. And that, that's what this is doing. That most lucrative competitive tour in professional golf, as you phrased it, is clearly the PGA Tour in this structure. Do you see that as a marked uh, significance in the fact that this press release pretty much lays it right out there that the PGA Tour is the pinnacle? It, it's striking considering that Padraig Harrington was on the show earlier talking about his fear that the DP World Tour would essentially become a feeder tour. I don't think that's what this does at all. I, mean, I don't see the structure or reality of the DP World Tour changing that much because it's always been the tour where almost every player on it, with only a few exceptions over the years, like a, a Colin Montgomery or Lee Westwood, wanted to stay there. They all want to go to the PGA Tour, not just for money, but that's where the depth of competition is. I think that acknowledges the reality this agreement today. I don't think it in any way dilutes the reality of what the DP World Tour has actually been. And none, neither of these tours can guarantee money to anyone. All they can guarantee is what they have guaranteed here. And it's particularly for the members of the DP World Tour. They guaranteed stable, stable purses and growing purses over the next five years. And they guarantee opportunity. And the opportunity to make a pathway to the PGA Tour is not something that has been particularly easy to do for players over the years. At the elite level, yes, but for guys who are, you know, a, a notch below the, the best players in Europe, you know, not a Colin Montgomery, not a Lee Westwood, but a guy like, say, Robert McIntyre, even last year, if you'd gone off the top 10 in the race to Dubai last year, Nikolai Heugard, one of the great young Danish talents, he would have potentially had a year on the PGA Tour to fight for his future existence as well. So it is an opportunity and guaranteed stability in terms of purse size for the European Tour. And that's something the European Tour hasn't had. Yeah, it's it, because it is distinctive to note that it is those 10 positions on the PGA Tour that will be rewarded are 10 positions that are not otherwise already exempt. So that's going to take you even deeper into the fold in terms of who's going to qualify. Uh, I, again, I am intrigued by the fact that the Sunshine Tour and the PGA Tour of Australasia now have a pathway to the European Tour, and then they're strengthening the pathways to the PGA Tour. Let's look at it from a PGA Tour perspective just for a moment here, if we can, Eamon. I am curious about the PGA Tour 
has as a stated goal and responsibility to their members to increase playing opportunities. How do you see this impacting, to use the, the phraseology of, of Keith Pelley, the ecosystem in terms of whether we're talking Corn Ferry Tour, whether we're talking about a PGA Tour that's in, in uh, Central South America, whether we're talking about Canada, whether we're talking about the Challenge Tour, do we know yet how all of these ends are going to meet? I, I really don't think we do. There are so many loose threads in all of this conversation, and there were even before this announcement today in terms of what the reality looks like. Last week, Jay Monahan announced that we're going from 125 to 70 fully exempt players who'll make the playoffs. What's totally unclear is where the rest of the exempt cards come from. The, the guys who are outside the top 70 will fight for cards and status and priority ranking through the fall series. Add in these guys coming from the European Tour as well. Add in the Corn Ferry graduates moving into the, the PGA Tour level sure. as well. And there, there are just so many moving parts that it's very difficult to say with any certainty now what that looks like because the tour hasn't laid out in any kind of granular detail yet what that looks like. It's going to be a much more kind of diverse recruiting process in terms of where players are coming on to the PGA Tour, which is probably fair because in a way it had gotten a little too predictable in terms of, a little too narrow, the pathway to the PGA Tour, especially when Q School ended uh, quite a few years ago and the Corn Ferry Tour became the only pathway onto the PGA Tour. And you might very well find that some guys think that their better bet, uh, as Brooks Kepka once did, that their better bet is going to play in Europe and make their progress, perhaps to the PGA Tour that way, versus going the Corn Ferry route. I mean, there, there are multiple routes on offer to the PGA Tour now, but I, I can't imagine that DP World Tour members will be all that keen to see an influx of Americans come into play and try to take those cards. I can't see it going any other way, though, than that type of balance. Well, that, that's what happens when you have an alliance. I mean, it's the, it's the opening of borders between both tours here, and you have to expect a, the free flow of, of opportunity and enterprise, and that's what they're going to get here. If they, the goal is the hint at having a global schedule, working together towards a global schedule. We can't do that by being protectionist and insular in, in how you look at things, and golf has historically been a particularly insular sport, and haven't always been great relations between both tours. There's a reason the Ryder Cup had an edge to it, for so many years, right. but now since so many of the Ryder Cup members actually live in Orlando or Jupiter, it, that edge has disappeared over the years. There isn't the enmity that there once was. So this seems like a, a natural progression from uh, from what was a very different reality 25, 30 years ago. Uh, even less than that when you consider the fact that there were not Ryder Cup points being awarded to World Golf Championship events and they were doubled up on the European side yeah. not that long ago. It is all so fascinating. Yes, it is very much a puzzle, and we're all trying to figure out where the pieces fit, but you can keep it right here. As we continue to get reaction from the joint announcement made just a few minutes ago, we'll be joined coming up by Rex Hoggard, who is with the DP World Tour in Ireland at the Horizon Irish Open right now. He'll be with us right after the break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome back to Golf Today, where we are covering breaking news regarding the alliance between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. It is an alliance that was announced back in November of 2020, and today, major steps to bring the two tours closer have been announced. PGA Tour DP World Tour Alliance, here are the details as we know them right now. A new 13-year operational joint venture partnership has been announced. The PGA Tour increases existing stake in the European Tour productions from 15% to 40%. DP World Tour guarantees growth in annual prize funds to members for the next five years. The Sunshine Tour and the PGA Tour of Australasia now enjoy a formal pathway to the DP World Tour. And then starting in 2023, the top 10 players at the end of the season DP World Tour rankings, in addition to those already exempt, will earn cards on the PGA Tour. So Rex Hoggard is with the DP World Tour right now at the Horizon Irish Open. Rex, welcome to the program. I am curious what your reaction was when you heard this news today on that side of the pond. Well, I think it's good news across the board, Matt, for a lot of different reasons. And the first one, look no farther than this event this week. If you look at the Irish Open just a few years ago, it was really struggling to find a long-term sponsor. Now, Horizon, a U.S.-based company, has stepped in and given it that long-term stability. And according to various sources, PGA Tour executives had a lot to do with Horizon signing on and joining this event. It's the same story next week at the Genesis Scottish Open. This alliance is going to help out both tours, but specifically on that front. Now, that being said, it also creates a united front. You guys talked about Liv Goff. Keith Pelly just spoke with the members in a mandatory meeting and called it a turf war. And certainly when you create this united front, it makes everybody look better against what Liv Goff is. Now, that all being said, there are opinions on both sides of the Atlantic on this. I spoke with an American player this morning who said he understands the short-term benefits of an expanded alliance in this particular front, but he's worried about long-term how these two tours fit in together. On the opposite side of that, I spoke with one longtime European Tour member this afternoon who said he's very concerned that this is only going to make the European Tour turn into a feeder tour for the PGA Tour. Well, Rex, Keith Pelly held a players' meeting at the Irish Open today where I'm sure a lot of those player opinions were expressed to him in fairly forceful terms. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing from what was said at that meeting? He spoke for about 30 minutes, Eamon, and you're absolutely right, forceful terms to say the least. I think one of the questions that I just referenced was the idea that the European Tour would just become a feeder circuit. He pushed back hard on that and said, absolutely not. If you look at next week's Scottish Open Field, he said getting the top players in the world from both tours 
only makes the entire tour that much better. He was also asked about long term if this was a merger, and he said right now it is not a merger. It's something that they might look into in the future, but he pointed out to the player who asked them that that it would have to be approved by the entire membership, so it's not something they're going to look at right now. And he also echoed Roy McElroy's line from a few years ago when it comes to live golf and what he called that turf war, and he said it's important for the DP World Tour to be on the right side of history right now. Rex, thank you very much for joining us on the program today. We're looking forward to your work all week ahead at the Irish Open and for your observations on this subject as well. There is more news stemming from this time, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour beginning next year. An unprecedented 30 PGA Tour cards will be awarded to the top players on the Corn Ferry Tour points list at the season's end, reaffirming the quality of the competition on the circuit and the importance of rewarding season-long performance. The additional five PGA Tour cards available via the Corn Ferry Tour were announced today with widespread changes to the PGA Tour's qualification process. All right, we will have more reaction to everything going on on this day of breaking news, including hearing from these gentlemen, both Jay Monahan and Keith Pelly, about how and why this was the time that this needed to be done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Welcome back to Golf Today on this day of breaking news. Last week on the senior circuit, Padraig Harrington claimed his first senior major title by winning the U.S. Senior Open. He beat out Steve Stricker by one stroke. The 50-year-old is, of course, no stranger to taking home major titles. Here's a look at what the Irishman has accomplished in his illustrious career. Ninth career start. He has three runner-ups so far this season. He's the first player from Ireland and the fourth from Europe to win a U.S. Senior Open. He's the third straight player to win the U.S. Senior Open in his first appearance. And, of course, he is a three-time major winner on the PGA Tour. Earlier today, we had a chance to speak with Padraig Harrington. 
And with that, we say hello to our newest U.S. Senior Open champion who is teeing it up this week in the DP World Tours Horizon Irish Open. Padraig, thank you for joining us and congratulations. I am curious, how much are you a leaderboard watcher? How aware were you on Sunday what Steve Stricker was doing up in front? So generally, I would go out with the, the goal of not watching the leaderboard and playing my own game. Uh, try and go by the, the Hale Irwin mantra and actually he did text me which I was quite happy about of all the text messages Hale Irwin texted me was nice uh, try and play every shot like you're one shot behind so you don't need to look at a leaderboard if that's the case uh, but you will get a feel for it you will know kind of what's going on so through nine holes I knew I was six ahead uh, obviously I bogey 10 and 11 so now I'm kind of curious, but I'm hoping I'm four ahead still. Uh, and there was a leaderboard at the 13th. And sure enough, I did look over and saw. I could not I could just see Steve's name. I couldn't see the number. I had to kind of look around. There was somebody in the way. And I'm, I'm hoping to see six or five. And it was seven. I'm oh, two shots. So that got very tight after that. Is it more difficult, Podrick, to play with a bigger lead in some ways because it forces you to be more defensive or leads you down that road rather than naturally aggressive? I, I find it very easy to play when I'm behind because I've nothing to lose and I find it exceptionally difficult to play with a lead. Uh, you know, always trying to be defensive, not make a mistake. It's always in the back of your head. It, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things like like... It's that's why golf. When you look at all the golf tournaments, this is why you always find, especially in a big tournament where where, where there's pressure, the leaders always come back to each other. It always comes back, and that's why we have so many last seventy second hole tournaments where they where it's on the line. Because just being in the lead, you just get that bit cautious. And look, look, I could sit here logically and tell you what you should do. I could tell you all. I give I could give you every answer you ever needed for golf. I give you all the secrets if you wanted in golf, but actually doing it is a different thing. And, and when you've got that lead and you're protecting, you know, you, you tend to see a lot of guys with these put shorts, which I didn't on Sunday because of, I was conscious of the fact you, you know, you've got to get the ball to the hole when you're feeling a little nervous. Uh, but there's no doubt I, I played safe quite a few times. I, you know, for me, I missed a short putt in the first. I didn't feel very comfortable on the greens. I think if I, you know, if I got off to the start, that I could have easily been three on the par after, after six holes and run away with it. But, uh, I suppose I was six ahead after nine. I, I tried to stay the hail air one, one. Hit the shot you would hit if you were one shot behind. That's the correct shot, nearly in all circumstances. Right up onto the end of it. At the end, obviously, at times, it is appropriate to take on the wrong shot if, you know, if it means winning. Who cares about losing at that stage? Padraig, you are back home this week. As we know, the Irish fans are great fans of sport in general, and particularly when it comes to their athletes in the game of golf. What's it feel like for you to be back with the Irish Open this week? You know, I'm a little stressed because I've only just got in. I, I was meant to fly out, obviously, Sunday night, missed that flight. I had a very nice, good night Sunday night. Uh, but you know, I, I'm actually at home for about 10 hours before I travel. Uh, so... Yeah, that's that's kind of at the moment I'm kind of stressed. Get things. I have to repack. I don't know what I'm bringing. I'm I'm on the road for four weeks in a row. Yeah. There's a lot going. Like I'm playing six events in five weeks at the moment, so there's a lot of stress. But I one thing I'm going to assure myself: 
as much as I would be stressed trying to get myself organized tomorrow, when this tournament starts on Thursday, no matter how it goes, I am going to wave at the crowds and enjoy myself because I've just won a tournament. It doesn't happen anywhere near as often as you think it should happen. And when you win them, you've got to make sure you enjoy it. So if a good, bad or indifferent, I'm going to enjoy myself at the Irish Open this year. I'm going to walk around there like I just won the US Senior Open. Podrick, a few weeks ago in Tulsa, you were kind enough to indulge me into the wee small hours while I finished my wine and you sipped your water. But during that conversation, I asked you if you felt as though you could compete at St. Andrews and you didn't even hesitate that you believe on that kind of golf course where guile and experience matters as much in some ways as power, you felt you could still compete there. Does that just get enhanced now when you have the confidence to go with that belief? You know... Uh, to be honest, it, it, it's not Lent that's stopping me. Uh, I, like all older golfers, I have scar tissue. Uh, this is just the way it is. You, you get older, you, you, wherever it comes from, there's a, there's, I believe there's a, there's a crossing point. Somebody should be able to do a graph on this where you know, you're gaining experience, but you're losing innocence. And at some point, that's the perfect, perfect balance. But as you gain more experience, it kind of you, you've gone past the point. And, uh, you know, I have too much experience. I've seen too many bad things over the years in, in the golf. Can I overcome that? I, I, I haven't seen players do it, but I believe I can. I, I've always believed I'm an outlier. I've always believed I can do what everybody is. I, I've never wanted to follow the pack. I've never wanted to be the same as anybody else. Uh, you know, if, 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 you, if you told me all the pros, 99 pros were doing this and it was right, I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do what they're doing because I don't want to be like them. I want to be different. Uh, so I think I can still win, yes. But I do need to turn around my, basically my putting, basically my, you know, my, my nerves putting, if you want to call it. Uh, you know, have that freedom on the greens. This particular Open Championship, because they want to protect the home of golf, will be a greater test of mental fortitude than any Lynx tournament we've ever seen. There is going to be some some really imaginative, I say imaginative pin positions, I don't even think I can imagine them. That's Especially as we're, we're so used to with the Open Championship at St. Andrews, I play the Dunhill there every year and we use the same pins. So we kind of got used to the golf course what, what we expect, but I think the course that we play in the Open this year will be nothing like the ones we've seen uh, even in previous Open Championships, there'll be some some pin positions that uh, God help the guys who are going out there trying to roll putts on the on the greens to find the pins there, because there'll be some wild ones out there. Padraig, the thing I've loved the most so far is gaining experience and losing innocence on that track. Uh, I wanted to follow up on something else that you said about if 99 pros are doing this. Uh, this in the game of golf right now is in a place that it's never been before. There's a lot of movement. Uh, on a, in, a, in a very broad brush way. I'm curious from the perspective of Padraig Harrington, uh, a veteran campaigner, what you're seeing happening in the game of golf. Where do you see all of this leading? Well, it's interesting because I'm in the middle. Uh, you know, I, I, I would have qualified. I'd be high enough ranked that I would have been able to play, but I've never talked or had an offer. So I really have no skin in the game when it comes to live. You know, I, I admire the guys who've been offered big money uh, and, and turned it down. There is room in the golf for two big leagues, two big tours. The, the PGA Tour is a giant, and it, it, it has got stronger and stronger 
over the last number of years, and, and now Liv are going to put it up to them. They do seem committed. Uh, you know, Greg is very committed to this back from the 80s. He, he, you know, he's had the be in his bonnet that, you know, he wanted a, a world tour. I think when Greg was playing the PGA Tour, there was no releases at that stage. So you, he couldn't go and play for his appearance fees around the world and things like that. But there was a strong European tour then came along. So you had a strong PGA Tour, a strong European Tour. I feel, and this is where I, I'm worried, I feel the European Tour is the one who's going to get squeezed. Like the PGA Tour is not going to go away. Let's face it, it's always going to be there. There's going to be great tournaments. There's going to be great legacy tournaments there. 100%, it's not going away. What is going to, what's going to lose out? What's going to, what's going to have to make room for the Live Tour? And, and to me, you know, it does seem like a strong European tour, which I would advocate. I think the European tour needs to be strong. It helps with the Ryder Cup. It helps with the rivalries. It helps with the, the way you guys talk about golf when you have a Euro, young European player coming over. He's won in Europe. You can talk about it. You can build it up. And I, I do believe Europe has been weakening. The new world rankings is weakening. And this new live tour could, could squeeze them out. It is interesting whether we do it for the money or we do it for the trophies. I think I would have said to you, I've only ever done it for the trophies, but then the money followed. So, uh, you know, I, I can't truly say, I, I think I did it for the trophies and that's all I've ever been interested in. Uh, but I have turned around and played tournaments for appearance fees around the world and, 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 and chased that money and, and made money and done all that sort of stuff. Uh, so, yeah. What, what gives me happiness is winning tournaments. There's no doubt about it. Like winning this new senior open, which was interesting because, you know, I've been, I can go out and play, try to play the PGA Tour, European Tour. And it's hard work, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll work hard and finish 25th, 20th. And, you know, as I'm going around, there's 25 people watching my group, a few diehard fans. But last week at the US Senior Open, you know, I, I was the main event. Well, I wasn't quite the main event on Sunday from, from what I hear from the commentary, but, uh, you know, the fans were there. There was fans cheering me on. There were fans rooting against me. And, and the feeling of being back in contention, being back there, as you said, the feeling of, you could see it in my eyes. God, I, I miss that. Like, I go for that. Having a chance of winning is, like, it doesn't matter where you're trying to win. Having a chance to win is just so special compared to just you know, finishing middle of the field. And there is an element, as I said, with the with the, the live tour, which which may change that a lot of the players who have gone or let, let, let's forget the players who have gone. A lot of the players who have stayed are certainly backing that they're going to be the best players in the world going forward. That they, they the players who have stayed look like they believe that their careers are on an upward path. And uh, that things are only going to get better. And uh, and again, I know you guys haven't talked about this but a lot of credit is given to the very top of the PGA Tour, but those guys are getting looked after nicely. They've got TV contracts, they've got appearance fees, they've got PIP, they've got all sorts of things. I'm looking at the guys who are a little further down the line, you know, who wouldn't be turning up for seven-figure appearance fees and things like that. They've had some serious offers uh, from Liv, and some of them have turned it down, and you go, wow, that's that's really saying a lot about where you believe you're going to go in the game of golf. Padraig, it is always fascinating to get a chance to speak to you again. Congratulations with your victory. Another major on your CV and good luck this week at the Irish Open and moving forward. Thank you, guys.
What are the senior major champions so far this season? There you see it. Steve Stricker at the Regents Tradition. Steven Alker at the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. And then Padraig Harrington just this past week at the U.S. Senior Open. Still ahead to be decided. The Bridgestone Senior Players. And, of course, the Senior Open. All right, so much more still ahead on this day in which we're covering breaking news of a tightening of the relationship between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Stay with us. Welcome back to Golf Today. We are covering breaking news. It regards the alliance between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. It's an alliance that was announced back in November of 2020 and today major steps to bring the two tours closer together have been announced the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour Alliance now looks like this a new 13-year operational joint venture partnership was announced the PGA Tour is increasing the existing stake in the European Tour productions from 15 percent to 40 percent the DP World Tour is going to guarantee growth in annual prize funds to members for the next five years. The Sunshine Tour and the PGA Tour of Australasia now will enjoy a formal pathway to the DP World Tour. And then starting in 2023, the top 10 players at the end of the season DP World Tour rankings, in addition to those not already exempt, will earn PGA Tour cards. That is TPC Deer Run. It is absolutely a fun golf course to host this John Deere Classic. And while every PGA Tour event carries its weight, this week there's a little more on the line as part of the Open Qualifying Series. There are three spots available into the 150th Open at the John Deere Classic. Now, notables in the field who are not already qualified for the 150th Open, there you can see it, Lucas Glover, Jason Day, Jason Duffner, Sahith Thigala. You don't see on that list Steve Stricker. He has withdrawn from the John Deere this week. All of it leading up to the Open at St. Andrews. Such a special place. A brilliant shot there with just a sense of the serenity that is the old course at St. Andrews. But, Eamon, I'm, I'm curious about the sense of serenity that players and not fans much of it in the golf matter. world these days. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> wondering. It's not much of it in the golf world, as you duly have noted here. I, I'm, I'm curious, with all the storylines, and they are plentiful and they are stout, how much will the, whether they're whispered discussions or not, will be about the strengthening of this alliance and threats to the existing world tours? Certainly no lack of topics for conversation in those smoky corners of the Dunvegan Bar, the Jigger Inn in St. Andrews in a few weeks when the golf world next gets together. Um, and certainly you'll see the same thing going on inside the ropes with players as well. And it's interesting here, Matt, to see how many different constituencies are being bolstered by, by this agreement. Uh, you know, the five extra cards for the Corn Ferry Tour, these 10 cards going to the European Tour, that's not necessarily additive to anything because look how many guys resigned their PGA Tour membership over the last few weeks to go play for the Live Golf Series. And to me, it's a fair trade, you know, get rid of those guys and bring in guys who do actually want to be part of the PGA Tour who are still kind of motivated by competition rather than guaranteed money. So to me, it's, it's a progressive approach 
that hits the, the key points in terms of the constituencies that need to be satisfied in this, and it's not in any way detrimental or diluting the product, I would argue, on either side. I think it elevates the product. I'm curious about those five extra cards on the, on the Corn Ferry Tour, and that was something, an announcement that we shared with you during today's program as well. What do you believe the objective is with that? The PGA Tour has to bolster its own feeder system. The, these are the guys who represent the future of the PGA Tour, and they have a feeder system into the Corn Ferry Tour, whether it's the PGA Latino America, the PGA Tour University, rankings that we saw Pearson Cootie come through as the world's number one ranked amateur and just win on the Corn Ferry Tour last weekend. There are a lot of pathways onto the Corn Ferry Tour, and that has been, until now, the only real pathway on to the PGA Tour for the last few years. So the, the PGA Tour is not interested in diluting that, but expanding the, the options or opportunities that exist from the Corn Ferry Tour. And who knows, there may be other elements that are still to fall in place in terms of granting players access to the Corn Ferry Tour from other avenues as well to, to get there. Maybe the next stage down the road is if there's some kind of overlap between a European Challenge Tour and, and a Corn Ferry Tour. But ultimately, that, that, and that's you know, just purely out there as an outlandish speculation to some extent. But there are plenty of avenues that are being created mm -hmm. to get to the ultimate goal here, whether you're starting on the PGA Tour Australasia, or you're starting on the Sunshine Tour in Africa, or the European Challenge Tour, or wherever else. They're all aiming to go to the same place, which is where the best competition is for lucrative purses, and that is on the PGA Tour. Yeah, that has clearly, emphatically, been outlined today, that the ultimate destination in the world of golf is the PGA Tour. And that's not an opinion I'm giving you to, that's based upon the statement that was actually released. I have a sense, though, Eamon, that we're still talking about the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are a bit spread out on the table when we're trying to figure out where they all fit. For an example, when you're talking about these five extra cards on the Corn Ferry Tour, what will the relationship be between the Corn Ferry Tour and the DP World Tour in terms of being a feeder system to the PGA Tour. Is it as simple as saying, no, no, it, Matty, it's just an additional avenue to the PGA Tour now? I don't know that it's actually changed a great deal. It's, it's made it easier. It's elevated the DP World Tour in the sense that it's made it easier to get from what, with all due respect, has always been the secondary tour mm -hmm. in terms of the elite tier of world golf. That's always been kind of the harsh reality of of how the, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour peacefully or sometimes not so peacefully coexisted over the decades. But golf has never had a particularly clear career path for a lot of guys, unless they were the absolute elite players. But it was very hard to progress from the European Tour or the Challenge Tour through the ranks and make your way up to the PGA Tour. This actually offers a defined pathway for the first time. I would look at the Corn Ferry Tour as a parallel pathway. I don't think they intersect in any way. But, you know, perhaps some point down the road, there's a pathway from DP World Tour into Corn Ferry Tour for players who want to try to go that route as well. But I see them more as parallel pathways rather than intersecting or conflicting with each other. So then, from a player's perspective and opportunities to play and where, who wins? I, I would argue the players win. Not much has really changed in terms of the reality for PGA Tour members from last week. I mean, last week was more seismic if you're a PGA Tour member in terms of the number of players who would automatically retain their cards and make the PGA Tour playoffs. That went from 125 
to 70. And the players outside the top 70 are going to fight for priority and status through the domestic fall series. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas the, the players inside the top 70, guaranteed cards, the top 50 start to play these elite co-sanctioned three international events, co-sanctioned with the DP World Tour in the fall starting in 2023. So there's no real change here in terms of, of PGA Tour members. What this does is tell DP World Tour members that you are, you're not sacrificing anything here. This perception that exists among DP World Tour members that they are somehow bullied by the PGA Tour over the years, it's a hard thing to, to scrape that attitude off. It's existed among players for generations on the European Tour. There's a, an air of suspicion with which they look at the PGA Tour and always have. Mm -hmm. This is a way, I think, to try to allay that suspicion some by saying that the purses are being guaranteed to grow for five years. That's an enormous thing on the European Tour where there is such economic uncertainty and always has been on that tour. And then the, the granting of a pathway from the DP World Tour, if the player chooses to accept it, onto the PGA Tour. Not necessarily to everyone's taste, but all they can do is guarantee stability for purses and opportunity for those who choose to pursue it. And as you mentioned earlier, the guarantee of stability may be even bigger than that in terms of its impact on the DP World Tour. Oh, sure. It's, it's existential as well as financial. Both tours are susceptible to being seriously undermined if the, the Saudi sports washing enterprise, frankly, gets traction. And the longer it takes for them to get traction, the better it is for the, the general ecosystem of golf and the reputation of golf around the world. This is a circling of the wagons of the golf world, but it's necessary for the sort of realistic prospects of the vast majority of people who play professional golf for a living. It has taken a step deeper. They at one time were rivals. Now the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour are even closer together than they have ever been before. Those announcements made today, the breaking news, which we will continue to cover for you throughout the course of today into Golf Central and beyond. When we come back, we're going to try to summarize all that has taken place and share our ideas back and forth in terms of where it's all going to lead. More of Golf Today coming up after this. It is a day of breaking news regarding the alliance between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, which has got even deeper. It was first announced back in November of 2020, and today major steps have brought the two tours even closer together. The PGA Tour and the DP World Tour now have announced a new 13-year operational joint venture partnership. The PGA Tour increases its stake in the European Tour productions from 15% to 40%. The DP World Tour guarantees growth in annual prize funds to members for the next five years. The Sunshine Tour and the PGA Tour of Australasia now enjoy a formal pathway to the DP World Tour. And then starting in 2023, the top 10 players at the end of the season's DP World Tour rankings, in addition to those already exempt, will earn PGA Tour 
cards. Jay Monahan, commissioner of the PGA Tour, said the following, quoting, it was clear from the onset that our strategic partnership with the European Tour Group was a powerful agreement for both sides, and we are thrilled with today's announcement of this expanded partnership. We will continue to collaborate on a global schedule in key commercial areas as we draw our organizations and memberships even closer together while innovating to provide the most entertaining and compelling golf possible to fans around the world. Close quote. Keith Pelley, the chief executive of the DP World Tour, said in his statement, quoting, Building on the success of the existing strategic alliance between ourselves and the PGA Tour, this move will significantly enhance the meritocratic ecosystem that has successfully served professional game for on both sides of the Atlantic for more than 50 years. It is a natural extension and progression of what we have been doing over the past few years, and I passionately believe that this move is the right thing for our players, our tour, our fans, and the game of golf in general. Our two tours have undoubtedly drawn closer over the past few years, and today's announcement strengthens both tours for the betterment of both memberships. Close quote. More breaking news today stemming from this time today, where Corn Ferry Tour is now announcing that they will have an unprecedented 30 PGA Tour cards awarded to the top players in the Corn Ferry Tour after the points list season's end, reaffirming the quality of the competition on the circuit and the importance of rewarding season-long performance. The additional five PGA Tour cards available via the Corn Ferry Tour then were announced today with widespread changes to the PGA Tour's qualification process. So with all of that, Eamon Lynch, I, I asked you this at the beginning of the show. We have had a whole program to try to download on these significant changes. Why this? Why now? Why here? This is something that started as a reactive process, Matt, that's now turned into a proactive process, where they were initially in their strategic alliance announced 18 months ago, they were erecting a barrier to defend themselves against this perceived, still at that point, nascent threat uh, of live golf. And now it's turned into this idea of drawing their own vision for what the future of, of golf looks like at a global level. And, you know, golf has always been very factionalized in its own way. People have tended to fight their own corner and work their own side of the street, and they don't tend to cross-pollinate what they like to call the ecosystem very well in this game. And that's really what they're starting to do. And I think what you're going to see is still questions. Jay Monaghan and Keith Pelley are going to face a lot of questions from their members in terms of the particulars and how things are going to work. They're going to probably feel some concerns from players who wonder if their own product is in any way being diluted on either side of that argument. But the only place I suspect you're going to see outright hostility to this is from Greg Norman and Liv Golf because they're further isolated in terms of that elite tier of, of global golf and competition. What about the people at home? What about those that are watching us right now and they're hearing this breaking news? They may have been watching for the entirety of this program. How do the fans of golf benefit from this tightening of this alliance? they're going to see fresher faces get out there. There's, there's now an, an opportunity with so many players actually having left the, the, the PGA Tour and resigned their membership to go to live golf. We're now going to see, you know, an enhanced process by which players can actually make their way on to the PGA Tour. Some of the, the names in Europe, there are some great young talents in Europe that are potentially going to take advantage of the 10 cards there. There's some great stories that we've seen even in the last few weeks on the Corn Ferry Tour. Those guys are going to have a greater opportunity now 
to, to make their way onto the PGA Tour as well. I think you're going to ultimately see a more diverse product because you're not going to see mediocrity hanging around for very long on the PGA Tour. And with all due respect, that was easier to happen when they were giving out 125 cards every year with guaranteed fully exempt status. Now the fight is a little bit tougher out there. And I don't think it should be understated the fact that the Sunshine Tour and the PGA Tour of Australasia are now going to be able to enjoy a formal pathway into the DP World Tour. So while the focus obviously is on the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, the alliance between four of the world's major tours has just got tighter.